and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in the USA. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Fairhaven Health is excited to introduce a new product, the Sage Personal Moisturizer and Lubricant. Uh, we'll hear more from our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. See if you can give them any of your business. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send you episodes straight to your inbox every Monday. And right now, Diane has our review of the week. Yeah, our review of the week came from, I think it was your um, Instagram account, Abby. Oh, uh-huh. And this is from Nicole, and there's no date on it. Nicole92 is her Instagram name. And um, there's no date on it. So hopefully these kids aren't in college by now. But it's <laughs> It says, was not that long. It was like last week or something. Yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> Hi, my name is Nicole. I'm from Wales in the UK. I listen to your podcast all the time. I absolutely adore it. I'm currently feeding my 17-month-old and have recently had another beautiful boy who's now four weeks old. I forgot just how much hard work breastfeeding was in the beginning, but now we're getting into the swing of things. I'd love for you guys to retouch tandem feeding again and how to deal with sibling jealousy and not feeling guilty about feeding the new baby first. Reggie, my eldest, kisses and cuddles his brother Stanley when he's feeding. He tries to jump all over us and pull him off and it breaks my heart. Thank you for all the amazing advice on your podcast. There's not as much support here in the UK as there seems to be in the USA, and your podcast has gotten me through so much. Thank you again. I love the tandem feeding. Yeah. So Which sweet. Which is happening so much more now. It is, People are getting yeah. more information about it. I think that's amazing. And I also think it's kind of cute that she thinks we have good support here in the USA. Oh, I mean, we don't have terrible support, but it could definitely be way better. Yeah. It could be way yeah. better. I mean, we have a lot of people working really hard to give good support against yeah. a machine that wants to give no support. So thank you, Nicole, for sticking it out, for tandem feeding. And we will, we'll have to look, look into talking more about the tandem feeding. Because it's definitely, like you said, something people are doing a lot more of now. A lot of parents yeah, are a little how to. How to tandem feed. And how to, I don't know if you had jealousy issues with your boys when you were tandem feeding. No, I mean, I think that that's a little, that's always a worry. Mm -hmm. But I think that it actually can help the relationship, so you know, for them form a relationship. It's not um, the battle that people think it's going to be. I mean, there's always a battle because they're kids. But... um. <laughs> I think people get really worried about jealousy and it's not, it's just not like that. Oh, it's, um, it really can help them, you know, bond and, um, they're, you know, they're, I mean, when, when Jack was tandem nursing with Exley's the smaller one and he was looking at Exley, like, you know, he's like, I don't know this guy. I don't know how <laughs> I feel about him being here, but he's definitely doing something I recognize. You know, mm -hmm. he could sort of speak that language. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. So I think that so, was really important and really helpful to, you know, just the whole transition. And him being able to continue to nurse with me and have that relationship with me helped helps the transition, that transition too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're doing good things, Nicole. Thanks for your review. We appreciate it so much. And you can leave your reviews with us on iTunes. You can send us a message. You can shoot us an email at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we love to get them. Well, thank you very much. It's awesome. And you can check out our new podcast as well, which we keep forgetting to talk about, but it is live right now, Revolution Parenting. You can find that wherever you listen to this podcast. Yep. Revolution Parenting, anywhere you want to hear podcasts. And um, there's like five episodes. Yeah. So don't get too far behind. I know. Because then you'll have to binge like what people are doing now. They're like, oh, I'm binging all your episodes. And I'm like, that's like 200 episodes. I know. That's That's too much. That's like a lot of Diane and Abby talking. I know. That's a lot. That's too much. (laughs) So start now with Revolution Parenting. You only have to go back for a few episodes. Yeah. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about how to know things are going well. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you just started started nursing and you had your baby and you're nursing and you're going along and you're like, I don't know. Is this okay? Are there problems or is everything fine? How are you supposed to know? Because sometimes problems are really obvious. Sometimes problems mm-hmm. are really subtle. Sometimes there's no problem. And how are you supposed to know? Because breastfeeding is so not normal in our culture. You know, we don't see it. We're not around people who are doing it. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just like, we have so much doubt, we expect things to go wrong. We just mm-hmm. expect it, you know, it's kind of our survival technique, you know, is just like expecting problems, preparing for things to go wrong. And um, so it's like, well, how do I know if there's a problem or not? Yeah, you know, that's a really good point because I hear that prenatally a lot. I hear people saying, well, yeah, I will, I'll, you know, breastfeed if it, if it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it works or family members have said to them, well, it didn't, it didn't work for me. You know, that was my situation. My yeah, mom was have- like, it didn't work for me. So it probably won't work for you. So we kind of, a lot of, I feel like a lot of parents go into it thinking, well, you know what? It might not work. I'm not going to get hooked on it. I'm not going to attach myself to the fact that it's going to work. So yeah, you find I mean, the majority reasons of the population is walking around having not been successfully breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. You know, people are having problems with no support, um, not knowing what to expect, not knowing when to intervene or how to intervene, not knowing anything about this. And so how are we supposed to even know? How are we supposed to expect that it's going to work when everyone around when it didn't work for anyone around us? Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to be yeah. the only one so, in your yeah, right. circle that, you know, and then who do you go to? And I'll tell you who you shouldn't go to is Google a lot of the time. Yeah. But I mean, you can't help it. You know, if you Google, nobody do this, by the way, but <laughs> if you Google how to know things are going well with breastfeeding, I mean, you get a lot of answers. You get a lot of answers and some of those answers, because I was looking at them and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't go by a lot of these answers. Like I would not. One of them was you feel your letdown. What? Yeah. You know, things are going well because you feel your milk letdown. I can honestly tell you working in this field for as long as I have with thousands of parents and thousands of babies, more 
people do not feel their letdown than feel it. Yeah. That's so such you an cannot go by thing. that. Yeah. You can't go by that. And just because you're having a letdown doesn't mean like your baby doesn't well. have a tongue tie or something. Like, you know, that's like doesn't even one doesn't even equal the other. Right. It was, so I was like, no, I don't agree with that at all. Um, I don't agree with you know, a lot of times we'll say, oh, your baby will be alert. In the early days, what? your baby feeds and goes to sleep. <laughs> like, that's what your newborn does. They don't hang yeah, out with newborns you. Newborns are not alert. Like, no. You know, so there's a lot of things we need to look. And one of the biggest things is remembering in your brain that all babies are different. So when you read online, oh, my baby should be doing A, B, and C, and my breast should be feeling a letdown, doing this, doing that. Like that is not the same for everybody. So we really need to look at your situation, but there are some things that you can look at that are guarantees of whether or not things are going well. Okay. What are those? One of them is pain. You know, if you're having mm -hmm. pain and that's some, that's a very individualized thing. You know, mm -hmm. like if, if you're feeling pain with the latch, with the breastfeeding, then we got to fix that. Something's not right. And that is not, you know, whenever a mom says things are going really great, but I'm having a really a lot of pain with the breastfeeding, then things aren't going really great. Maybe your baby is gaining well and your baby's latching and feeding, but you're having pain that's not sustainable. So that's not really great. Right. And I think that we've come when it comes to pain, I think that we have just come to 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 feel like we need to just deal with it. You know, like, well, everything's fine. It hurts. It hurts. But like, you know, I can just deal with it. It's fine. You know, we we don't have this like sense of like, actually, I should be able to live my life and do these things without being in pain. Right. But we don't as like women in this culture, we're just like, oh, well, my pain is not like a reason to. To, to say that I need help or something. Or maybe you think that you everybody know, should be in we pain. We right? do not. It's like breastfeeding, you're breastfeeding. Yes, you're going to be in pain. <laughs> well, that's what, yeah, that's what people say, right? They're like, oh, well, it's going to hurt. Pain is, pain is normal. It's supposed to hurt. Someone's mm -hmm. sucking on your nipple. That hurts. Of course, it's supposed to hurt. You hear that a lot. It's yeah, normal, you do hear you know, it a lot. It's going to hurt. Well, yeah, you're going to bleed. On. Yeah. You're going to have bleeding nipples and then they'll, they'll yeah. toughen up and it'll be fine. No, mm -mm. no, we don't need to be living like this. No. And pain, yeah, pain is like not sustainable. Like, don't you don't need to deal with that. Well, in any other aspect of the medical world, pain is a sign that something's wrong. Right. Like, right. But That's when the we first go to question. Are you feeling any pain? When I push here, does it hurt? Do you feel pain? Is it one to ten? Like, what is okay, it? What is yeah. your pain tell? That's like a gauge. That's your body going like, uh, uh no. And but like you start breastfeeding and people are like, yeah. oh yeah, you're gonna no, have pain. That's totally yeah. normal. Yeah, no, it hurts. Oh yeah, that means it's good. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you know, there, and people have different levels of sensitivity, right? So, I mean, some it's going to be like more sensitive in their nipples, whatever. Maybe it tugs, maybe it feels weird or something, but like pain. It hurts when your baby's no. nursing from you. The thing that was like supposed to be biologically happening hurts. Okay. Well, then something is not right. No, something is not right. So that is the first thing. So if you are, if you're not having pain, if it feels comfortable with the baby on, then we know things are going well with that, with the feeding. Like that's a good thing, right? With that, we, that's mm -hmm. what we want. That's the goal to have your baby latch and for you to be comfortable. 
that is a that is a good sign. Diaper output is another thing that we that is pretty standard across the board. I mean, obviously babies poop at different rates. You know, some babies poop more than other babies yeah. or more frequently than other babies, whatever. But the wet diapers, like we know, okay, if your baby's having good wet diapers, we know they're hydrated. Right. And that's something that's not going to change. You know, we're not going to say, oh, your baby only had one wet diaper. Okay. Yeah. He's hydrated. No, like we, we want them to have lots of wet diapers and that tell us, tells us that they're getting milk and that right. they're hydrated. Yeah. Or like, oh, your baby's not, you know, there's not a lot of wet diapers, but if we'll just wait, the wet diapers will increase. Like, no, no, no. They should be having consistent wet diapers from the beginning. Yeah. Not just like, oh, we'll wait this out. It's not like a thing that you wait out to get better. Yeah. We want them to have wet diapers. So that tells us that it's going well. And if you are ever concerned about, you know, is, is are things going well or not, and you talk to a lactation consultant, that's my first suggestion too, by the way, is talking to a lactation consultant because they will help you feel so much better about how things are going. But one of the first things your pediatrician or a nurse or lactation or anybody was going to ask you is, how are the diapers? What's happening with the diaper output? Because that tells us, are they getting anything? If it's going in, it's coming out. So that is that is going to tell us if your baby's feeding well. So weight gain is another one that's on you know, the list if you look online. Yeah. But babies gain at different rates. So that's another thing that we can't go, oh, yeah, my, my baby should be gaining an ounce a day and they're not. So breastfeeding is failing. That's not true. You know, we, we are okay with babies gaining, breastfed babies gaining half an ounce to an ounce a day because your pediatrician wants to see an ounce doesn't mean that that's where your threshold should be. Maybe your baby isn't a baby that gains an ounce a day and that's okay. Right. If all other things are in order, then that might not be the best gauge right there. Exactly. Yes, we want them to be we want them to gain at the rate that they're supposed to gain. We don't want to force them into gaining more weight than they need to. And that's sometimes what happens. And that's what's you know, that's what happens and and I have a friend that Diane has been helping. And there was a lot of pressure and she has a whole host of things going on that are affecting um her breastfeeding. And um they're just like she went through a breast reduction. She w- she's having like vasospasms. She has like situations where like are, you know, that are unique to her that have been affecting it. Um, but then they were like, okay, you need to, so you need to, the baby needs to gain, like it got down to the point where the baby needed to gain like four ounces in two days. That's and ridiculous. I was like, that can't happen. <laughs> that's not, that's so stressful. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You need to like stuff like weights in her socks or something. I know. Rocks in her diapers. That's not like, that's not even possible. And, you know, so it was like very, very stressful and an expectation that was just not in line with like really what babies do. But our culture is used to seeing formula fed babies. Right, right. And I mean, if you didn't listen to last week's episode about, you know, weight growth percentiles and things like that, then definitely go back to that episode because our society is used to seeing a gain based on formula-fed babies. Mm -hmm. Who gain faster? They gain faster. 
so that is not, you know, and we still have pediatricians that look at that and say your baby should be gaining an ounce a day. And if they are not, then we want you to supplement. And that is not necessarily a good gauge to go by. That might not be what your baby is doing. So that's that's not always what you, you know, what you got to look at. You have to look at all the things all the the diapers and everything to see okay is is it going well is the baby latching well are they feeding frequently that's another thing we want to see we want to see that your baby is feeding several times a day we we say like 8 to 12 times in 24 hours for your newborn but it's really more like 14 probably and don't count. Say? just put the baby on the breast yeah that's another thing. Because then if you yeah. count, who can count to 14 throughout the day? <laughs> oh, wait, what number of feet is this? And who knows? If you're, a ba- if you're like keeping your baby at your breast, which is a great thing, then like if they're just there the whole day, then you can't count the amount of times that they're coming on and off. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so helpful to just keep them there as often as possible. Feeding on demand is another one. Is yeah. your baby feeding on? I love it when people say, it's one of my things I always ask people is... How often, you know, how how frequently does your baby eat? Because I do want to know, like, you know, if they're coming to me with a problem or with a weight gain issue yeah. or something like that, then I do want to know, like, how. And and honestly, it's really common in our age right now where everybody is putting everything on an app and they oh, count yeah. every single thing that's going on, which I find very exhausting. But for some people, it really helps them. I love it when I have a parent that tells me, I don't really know. I just put them on whenever they seem like they need it. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really count. I don't really know how often it is. It's just whenever. I love that because that's how it's supposed to be. Yes. And let's talk more about that after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Are you sporting a wild hairstyle that needs extra hold? The classic hair gel is made with apple, apricot extract, while apple and apricot extract, while hydrating hair with cucumber, securing even the most elaborate hairstyles. I personally use it to tame my frizz and flyaways, which I have a lot of. And the classic styling balm, this is Exley's is made with shea and cocoa butter that provides a long-lasting hold and ideal for styling curls. He's got super wild curls and a cool hairdo, and he uses this all the time, and he's seven. All of the original Spout products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy, made for babies perfect for grown-ups, too. Check out the entire line at OriginalSprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Fair, Fairhaven Health is excited to introduce Sage Personal Moisturizer and Lubricant, the newest product in their vaginal care and comfort collection. Products designed to support vaginal health through every stage of life. Sage is designed to replenish your natural lubrication and provide temporary relief from vaginal dryness. While vaginal dryness is most common in older women, there are a handful of other factors that lead to vaginal dryness, such as breastfeeding, antidepressants, some fertility and cancer medications, stress, and even exercise. 
As with all of their vaginal care products, Sage is made without estrogen, parabens, glycerol, or coating oils. Check out Sage and all the other vaginal care products at Fairhaven Health, F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N Health.com and use code prom- promo code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And back to uh, how to know when things are going well. So along with how to know if things are going well, people have asked us in the past, how do you know when to supplement? Yeah, right. And honestly, maybe, Abby, you have a different idea, but really the only reason I can think that you need to supplement is if you're doing all the things, you're feeding your baby on demand, you are, you know, doing everything and your baby is not gaining weight. Yeah. That's the only time I ever really see to legit supplement. But we also need to find out why. Why? Why is your baby not gaining weight on your milk supply? You know, we need to look at that and see what's what's going on. Is it your milk supply? Which I'll tell you that a lot of the time it is not. A lot of the time it's the baby, unless you have a situation like a breast reduction or you know something like that. But most of the time, the baby itself is not feeding efficiently, right. and we need to determine why that's happening and get it back, get them back on track. But we also need to make sure that they are eating at the same time. So that's when we see that supplementing comes into play. Supplementing should not happen because somebody tells you that your baby needs a specific vitamin and it's not in your breast milk or they tell you that you know you have to go back to work and you can't pump like something like that is is not i don't find a reason to supplement yeah i feel like though the i mean i was told to supplement with jack and the reason was there was no i don't even know there was like a lot of times it's just, it's so ingrained in our culture that we need to be supplementing, adding, boosting, topping off, that 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 it's just being told to us, even when they can't even really give us a clear answer on why. I mean, no. I was in the hospital when they told me that because I was induced, that I wasn't making any milk and that my baby was hungry. And so I needed to start giving him formula. And, you know, that... Though that's not even true. That's not even, that's not even, they're basing it off of like just information that's not even accurate. Somebody told me recently, I almost, I should have texted you about this, but I totally forgot. She told me this happened in one of the hospitals here locally where I am. She was told that she had a C-section and 95% of the babies that are born via C-section are supplemented. What? That's not true. That's bullshit. Right, like that's a lie. That's ridiculous. But that was the reason. That was they what they told her when they wanted her baby supplemented. Ugh. Was well, ninety five percent of of babies born by C section are supplemented because your milk takes longer to come in. That's like a huge blanket statement that is not accurate. And we shouldn't say, "Oh, your baby was born this specific way." Well, then we're going to supplement them. Yeah, which I mean, people 
with C-sections breastfeed all the time. And maybe there's in the beginning, there's a couple of situations that we can help them through, but like. Right. They, but no. The other insane. thing is people do not understand what breastfeeding is supposed to be in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Or they don't right. understand what breastfeeding is overall. You see a lot of that supplementing happening in those first days because of cluster feeding and people saying, oh, my baby was starving. So yeah. I ha- and they weren't getting anything. I didn't have anything but colostrum and the baby was starving. Yeah. No, your baby is, is cluster feeding because they just arrived on the planet and need to be with you. And also, your baby is not starving. They just sucked the living life out of you <laughs> for nine months. You feel the way you feel because your baby is literally sucking you dry of everything. They're mm-hmm. inside. They come out of your body fully, fully fed with like all of the nutrients they just sucked out. You, you, you know, your baby is not starving. It's insane to call a newborn baby starving. They don't. They're not what starving. The hell? They are not born looking for the buffet. It is just not the way it is. I don't care what they tell you in the hospital. Your baby is not born starving. They might look like they just want to suck, suck, suck all the time. And that everybody goes, oh, they're starving. Look, they're, they're rooting. They're trying to find their hands. They're, they're starving. They aren't. They're they are starting the process of like finding your breast to be there to, 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 to be near you. They mm-hmm. don't need to, they don't have the ability to eat a whole bunch of food. No, they cannot swallow a whole bunch of stuff. Their stomach is tiny. They're rooting and they're looking for you because this is the beginning of attachment to you. This is the only environment that they're acclimated to and will be a part of for, you know, a long time. That's just where they need to be. And it's their instinct. It's their bio. It's their instinct is to to be there, not because they need to start gobbling down food because they're start. They came out starving. This is. We don't trust the process. Right. We just don't even understand it. We don't understand the process and we don't trust the process. And when I say we, I don't mean me and Abby. I mean like collectively as a society, we really do not trust this process at all. We have these babies. We trust our body. And we've said this a million times on the podcast. We trust our body to make a baby. But when it comes to feeding the baby, we say you can't do that. Yeah. It's wild. As soon as the baby gets here to like all that stuff, all that trust and all that all that goes away. You know, nobody would ever look at their belly and be like, I don't think my body's growing my baby right. I know. I don't think my baby's getting enough. Do you think my baby's getting enough food inside of me? I know. No, we, don't ask, we don't ask these questions. It doesn't come up. And as soon as they're here, it's like, oh my God, I'm not, my body's not working. My body can't feed my baby. My, ba- my body just doesn't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> I know. I don't know what that is. I need like I need I need more. I need I need more. I need to I need to study this more or something. I mean, I'm really? sure it comes right down to, you know, all of the things that we are faced with here in our cuz it didn't also didn't used to be like this. It's no. not like people hundreds of years ago were like, "Oh my god, I don't know how to feed my baby. I can't do it. My body's broken." No, that just worked. But now we're confronted with all of these reasons ahead of time of why it's not going to work. So, of course, we expect it not to work. You know, this a lot of this starts in the hospital. You know, a lot oh, of people, really? they yep. told me we needed a supplement in the hospital because the baby was cluster feeding and was not getting enough from me. Or, you know, the baby lost 
a certain amount of weight in the hospital and they said that was too much and I needed to supplement. Well, and that comes right down to all of the incentives that your hospital has to push formula onto you. And I hear people say, I didn't feel like formula was pushed onto me. Well, good. I'm glad that you didn't, that you had that experience, but that is not the experience of a lot of people. And that is not how the system is set up. Right. Formula companies give free formula and loads of money to hospitals to start the supplementing process, to get their product out there to you. And so this is where this norm happens. And a lot of time we're being told in the hospital to supplement for weird reasons because they just, it's just normal Yeah, to them. It's just part of the you know, protocol in the hospitals to do that. Now, when, and I know I've told this story before, but it's been a while. So my niece had a baby about a year. Well, it was a year in March. Um, she just turned a year in March. And when she was born and in the hospital, you know, they were breastfeeding and the nurse came in and said, we think you should supplement with formula. We're worried about her blood sugar. Now, my niece is a nurse, so she knows like signs of low blood sugar and things like that. Even though I will say, even if you you can have, be whatever kind of medical professional, oh, yeah. when it comes to your own child, it's really hard to make that yeah. you know de- designation. But she also has an aunt who is a lactation consultant. Yeah. So she called me and she was like, they said that we should supplement because of her blood sugar. What should I do? And I'm like, well, what was it? And she goes, well, they didn't test it. They just told me that that's what I should do. They didn't test the baby's blood sugar, but they're worried about the blood sugar. Yeah, and they wanted to supplement. Well, that doesn't mean what. No, so so my niece was like, "Can I ask them to check her blood sugar?" I go, "Yes, you absolutely can do that." So she asked them to check the blood sugar. They never checked it, and they never brought it up again. It was just probably one nurse. That, that so did not shady. trust the breastfeeding process and said, we need to give this baby some formula because I, I don't think it's going to work with just what she's getting with breastfeeding. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if she had, if my niece had not asked, if you had just been like, oh, okay, I don't want her blood sugar to drop. Of course, give her formula. Right, that sounds scary. It does. And, you know, but she was obviously, you know, blessed enough to have a lactation consultant in her family, which not a lot of people have that. So it's like, that is insane. And they were luckily able to go on for a year without that baby ever having any formula, which I told her that is a really hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. Like to never have a baby be supplemented is pretty rare, especially in that first week. Yeah. Is really rare. I mean, it's just, we don't trust it. No, and we don't know what to do. I feel like we don't know what to do when, you know, when we have we have questions, when maybe things aren't going well, to to maybe fix what's happening, to establish breastfeeding. We just go straight to, well, just supplement. Yeah. You know, they're not transferring enough milk. Maybe they're not gaining as much as we want. Maybe there's not, you know, all these signs. Maybe that maybe that things aren't going well. And then so, okay, well, when then we need to supplement. Okay, there was a big jump there. If your goal is, if you want to use formula, fine. Then that's, then, then, then we don't need to, to talk anymore. But if your goal is to breastfeed, then like, we don't need to do that. We need to, I mean, except for like rare, you know, in rare situations, we, we do. 
But there's also a few things that we can try mm-hmm. to, you know, I mean, the same thing happened with Exley when he was born. Um, I was nursing him and he wasn't gaining weight. And I was lucky enough, to, you know, as your niece to know a lactation consultant, too, who I called and was like, OK, well, let's try these things. But like and it worked. And they weren't complicated things. But if I had called like my pediatrician, well, not my pediatrician, but a, he's yeah. like a, a, most pediatricians, they would have been like, oh, well, well, the baby's not gaining weight. So we need to supplement. This is like so common. This is so normal. This is so exactly like what happens to most people. Well, the baby's not gaining weight. So we need to supplement. This is what happens. Well, we need to know why your baby's not gaining weight. Right. Because, yeah, because it very well may not be needed. No, it might not be needed at all. But to just say, oh, your baby's not gaining. Yep. Why don't we start supplementing? I've had families even just come to me in the in the beginning of, you know, a pregnancy or beginning of breastfeeding after their baby's born and say, so when do I need to start with formula? Yeah. Like, you never right. do. Right. And but I mean, it's my, my, so ingrained in our culture to use it. Yeah. Yeah. When do we use it now? It's like a pump. Well, when do mm-hmm. I start pumping? You, you don't have to unless there's a reason. Yeah. Um, I had like seven stories to tell all at once. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was a baby, I was breastfed for like three months. And then my mom's doctor was like, okay, you can wean now and use formula. Time's she, up. She was like, okay. Yeah. Like it was just time to switch to formula. But why? And nobody asked why. It was just normal. It's just a normal thing that we are just, well, the baby needs formula now. And I yeah. and, and with actually when he wasn't gaining weight, the things that we tried were very simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just the simplest things can affect their ability to transfer enough milk. And like these little tweaks I mean, they were the tiniest tweaks. It was like readjust. She made like three suggestions. Give, make sure he's getting the full breast. I mean, duh. But you were <laughs> a brand like, new mom. I was a brand new mom. I didn't know how to tandem feed. I was just like two boobs, two kids. Let's go. Yeah. And I was just doing whatever. And then like Exley was a lot of times getting the breast that Jack had already fed off of. And so, you know, there was not. That was not the best way to do it. Make sure he gets the fuller breast. Okay. That makes sense. Um. Do some breast compressions while he's eating. Makes sense. And uh, help his latch. Fix his latch a little. Fish his lips out. Make him sure he's getting a deeper latch. We did those things. I did that for a week. Bam. That baby had gained like twice as much as he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. because And those interventions are not complicated. No. But those little things were affecting his weight. And you are, you were an experienced breastfeeder, right? Yeah. You were I mean, very I was, experienced. Right. With education on it. And right. you were still like, I, I, still I, no I don't idea. know what, what I'm doing wrong here. Something yep. needs to, I need help with this. Exactly. It's, it's okay. Like that happens. Totally. We don't, this is not normal in our culture. The logistics, the like all of this back in the day in village type settings, when people were living communally and, you know, taking care of babies together, people knew what to do. They knew to be like, okay, over here, you know, the elders were like, let's get this going and let's get this going. And we don't have that now. We're so totally isolated. We have just capitalism is like bombarding us all the time with products and things to do to fix these things and those things. And we just do not see breastfeeding at all. And we have no idea about these tiny little logistics. And they're simple. But now they're so hard to access because we just don't 
We don't have it around us. No, we don't. So, yeah. So, that's how to know when things are going well. What was it? As a summary, <laughs> wet diapers, weight gain. Just wet diapers, gain. weight gain. Um, what was the other one? Pain. Oh, yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the first one we right. talked about. And try not to use the internet. But do access a lactation consultant. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's, you know, reaching out to me and asking questions or if you have one that you work with or you know of one, um, if you are unsure, talk it out with a lactation consultant because there's plenty of times that I see families and I'm like, you know what? Things are going way better than you think they are. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And if you have, you have a feeling that things are going well, then it's probably going well. Mm-hmm. Look I mean, at your if baby. you have a feeling that things are going well, I'm going to say I'm guaranteed that things are going well. Yeah. And trust yourself. Let yourself believe that things are going well. Let yourself believe that you're being successful because that's another problem. A- absolutely. And, you know, look at your baby. Because your baby cries or is fussy does not mean the feeds are not going well. No, they're fussy. They're Babies fussy are just fussy. So yeah. don't use that as a gauge. And ask the questions. You know, ask. There's nothing wrong with that. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.